everybody, and welcome to another special edition of the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and for this episode, we are doing a 2019 year in review and looking forward to 2020. And for this episode, I brought on a very popular guest. Everybody loved him when I had him on last time, so I thought I'd do it again. My husband, Justin. That's right. Hello, everybody. The heartfelt hubby back in action. Excited to break down the year that was with none other than uh, Mrs. Heartfelt Hippie herself. Yeah, you didn't do so good on being the heartfelt hubby and taking over the podcast like you said you were going to. Well, that's because you did exactly what you talked about doing, and that's front-loading your prep work and uh, what did you call it exactly? Batch work. Batch work. Doing some batch work. You had episodes all ready to go, so I just got to focus on being a dad in that time, which was amazing and still is. All right. Well, there you have it. So we are going through some questions today that some friends sent us, some listeners sent us, and we're just going to answer some year in review questions, some more get to know you questions, and just some silly questions mixed in there for fun. We did listen to the episode that we recorded last year as a part of our preparation for recording tonight, and we would like to apologize for the audio quality on that because we realized listening back that it was not the greatest, and that's also a reason that we are uh, getting this episode out a little late because we, we thought we would do it before the year ended, but then we both got colds, and so we decided for the sake of the audio, we would not record it with our nasally voices. So here we are, trying to do a little better. We're sitting in our dining room, uh, sipping cocktails, and ready to record. That's right, yeah. We're ready to enunciate and really have big booming voices, but I will apologize in advance because an audio glitch we may have is um, an unexpected guest coming in on the baby monitor making his presence known. Uh, But, spoiler alert, he's also one of the uh, greatest gifts we received in 2019. You'll hear more about that throughout this episode, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully no interruptions, though. So, let's start with the first question, which actually has to do with that very thing that you just mentioned. Um, Someone asked, what has life been like with a baby? What would you say? I would call it a constant adventure. Uh Uh-huh. You know, they say marriage is um, both the best thing and the hardest thing all at the same time. And I would say parenting very much um, goes along those same lines. Uh, maybe even harder from a standpoint of in marriage, you got to get used to a different person's schedule and routines. And, um, you know, you don't have to, you can't just focus on yourself, but it's also an adult who um, you like to think, if it's someone you're compatible with, makes decisions along the lines of what you want to do and kind of goes with the flow a little bit more, whereas having a baby, you are completely at their mercy, their agenda, their timing, especially early on, you got to be at their beck and call. And so um, it, it began a wild adventure diving into parenting and looking to figure out what it looked like to care for him and to... Uh, meet his needs and um, that meant some late nights some early mornings um, some uh, sleepless nights along the way that's for sure but um, the funnest most enjoyable adventure I've ever been on mm-hmm. I agree I think it has been 
better than I thought it would be, I guess I would say. I had somewhat low expectations just because I was really nervous and I knew that having a baby would be hard and I thought that I was probably way too selfish to have a baby, which I think everybody is to a degree, but I was like very, I was very worried about the sacrifices that I knew I would have to make and it has been so much easier than I thought it would be from that standpoint and maybe that's because I had low expectations going in, but it's amazing how naturally that comes to you and just how naturally you want the very best for your children and I know this doesn't happen for everybody and every mom you know goes through different emotions especially right away but I just felt like you know things that I had found annoying and kids before it was like but it's my baby and it's not annoying now and you know it's just crazy how easy it is to be tender-hearted to your own children and yeah I feel like it's been so so with that I would say it's been a lot better than I would have thought and um it's been really fun it's like every experience it's like oh my gosh you know it's all new so everything's like what what's Baker gonna think about that even though he doesn't really have opinions yet but um it's just exciting to experience everything with him and and with you well I know there's some bias in this but Part of what's made it such a fun adventure is just how sweet he is and how much personality he has. And um, it's just very hard to ever be mad, angry, you know, too stressed out in it all when that smiling face looks up at you. He's just the sweetest kid. And if you haven't had a chance to meet him yet, we'd love for you to one day be able to do so. But uh, our prayer is that we got a little world changer on our hands. We'll see. Yeah, everybody does say, like, he's such a good baby, and we are biased, but, like, I mean, everybody tells us he's a good baby, so we like to believe that. Yeah. Uh, Okay, speaking of parenting, what has been the most surprising thing about being parents, or something, maybe something that you expected with being a parent, and something that you didn't expect with being a parent? Yeah, so you just referenced how natural it's come to you, and I can second that. I've certainly seen in her just this incredibly natural ability to take on the motherly role and those motherly instincts coming out in full force. I think the biggest surprise for me has been the ways in which it hasn't felt as natural for me. Um, You know, I really felt like going in, um, being a dad would just come very easy to me and um, wouldn't have any problems that all be smooth sailing and I'd love every minute of it and don't get me wrong I certainly have uh, to a degree but it's also been far more challenging in ways than I could have imagined and I think a lot of that does have to do with my pride and my selfishness and and wanting things to kind of be my way my timing um, my agenda if you will but yeah just to see you be so natural in it um, that's been awesome that's been probably one of the biggest blessings in this all Uh, But it's also probably been one of my greatest challenges and is seeing how just how sacrificial you are and loving and it feeling like at times it's been harder for me to get there than it has been for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you struggle with the nighttime stuff. I love my sleep. So uh, when Baker wants to have a nighttime party, um, yeah, that's where it's hard for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so what I didn't quite expect is, like I said, just how draining it would be and uh, how challenging in so many ways. Um, but I also 
couldn't have imagined just how amazing it would be as well and just how incredible it would make me feel and just how just awe-inspiring it is to watch Kinsey be a mom and get to go on this adventure together and to be a family and you know it's just shown me now more than ever just how how much I can't do it on my own but given me even that much more encouragement and just a spirit of thankfulness that I do have this partner um, to dive into this with and it just makes me that much more excited to be his parents and watch him grow and whatever the future might have you know even having a larger family it just makes it all the more exciting even knowing just how challenging it, it is and will inevitably continue to be yeah it's one of those things where everybody says you don't know until it's your own kids and it's so true <laughs> it's like as much as you might love kids or not love kids before you have your own it's just so different when it's your own so something that has been both expected and unexpected for me is I would say that the pressure that's on moms specifically, um, I think I knew that going into it that obviously like being a mom, you know, has a whole different set of responsibilities, especially at first, like with nursing and I don't know, going to the doctor's appointments initially because you're the one carrying the baby and labor and you know, all that stuff. So I knew that, but I didn't realize how far that would carry as a mom. And I think that's been something my friend Yana and I were talking about it recently, just the pressure that's on moms in our society. And I don't know if it's this way in every uh, culture and every country, but I would imagine so where it's really so much of it is on the moms like I'm the one that has to take off work to take the baby to the doctor and and I'm sure that's not the case in every single marriage but in the majority I would guess that it is the case and you know uh, if the baby's sick I am the one that takes care of the baby and like when it comes to a lot of those sacrifices especially when it comes to careers it's really on moms most of the time and that's something that's just really hard and even something that I've been told at work that you know, I was saying that I just want to make sure I'm doing a good job of being a good mom and balancing work. And another mom said to me, a mom who's older said, that's just a choice that every woman has to make. And I was like, I refuse to accept that. That's not fair that a woman has to make that choice to be a good worker and a good mom because dads don't have to make that choice. And and I'm not saying that this is only for moms because there are plenty of dads who make the sacrifice to stay at home with their kids and you know, I, I think times are changing in some sense, but at the same time, there's just still so much on moms, and that's something that's frustrated me and definitely been a little unexpected, just how far that extends. Yeah, I think you've taken all that in stride, and it's part of where I've seen you be so sacrificial, is to be so willing to do all those things, and yet, on top of everything else, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, it's so much for any two people, but let alone two people that are trying to be fully engaged in full-time jobs and, you know, answer that calling on top of the calling to be a parent. Um, it's a really, really difficult balance, but you've done it really well. Well, thank you. I don't always feel like I have, but thank you. Uh, what advice would you have for first-time parents? 
We obviously know so much with eight months of parenting. That's right. Lots of wisdom here. Um, so I'll give you some very serious advice and then maybe some not so serious advice, but still something that you should take to heart. Uh, first and foremost, don't take a moment for granted. I think um, a lot of first-time parents, whether they've dove into parenting by choice or not, come into it just taking a lot for granted, thinking that all will go smoothly and all will be well. And uh, many of you know our story. It's not always the case, but to be able to go into this pregnancy with Baker and just, um, you know, develop the appreciation for every moment that we were able to develop and um, know just how much of a blessing uh, it was, you know, every good doctor report, um, you know, the, the healthy labor, the, um, and now every moment that we have with him, uh, we just don't take it for granted, and I think that's just something really spe special. And yeah, and it shouldn't have to be through trials by fire for people to realize that. I hope people recognize from the get go that being a parent is just such an incredible blessing from God that is entrusted uh, to few, and um, but with high hopes that those individuals will do so in a way that honors and glorifies Him and doesn't take a moment for granted along the way. And then maybe some not as serious advice, but still uh, something to consider is, uh, you know, maybe think twice about it. Um, <laughs> just the timing. I think people oftentimes get into this flow of, okay, well, we, you know, we graduate college and we get a good job and we settle down and we get married and then we start having kids. And, you know, I get that that tends to be a natural flow for many, but uh, but it's also a huge commitment and responsibility uh, to be a parent. And so if you still have, you know, traveling on a whim that you want to do, and if you still feel like, you know, the foundation of your marriage needs to grow stronger, or you just want to spend time together that isn't with background crying sounds, just like we're listening to right now, uh, maybe think about the timing. And um, uh, not everyone is blessed to even have children. But I just don't think it should be something taken lightly. People should maybe pray through and consider, like, do we want to be parents? And if so, is this our timing? And even if that's the case, it might be different from God's timing. But, yeah, maybe think through if uh, that's a step you guys really want to take. All right. Are you rethinking your decision? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> not in the slightest. But I do feel for those people who might just dive into it thinking that it's the natural next step and it's a huge next step. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would say you shouldn't have kids just because that's what you're supposed to do. It should be a little bit more thought out than that. I would say first time parents. Oh man. Well, I don't know anything about like actually raising a child as far as instilling character in them. So I'm not going to talk about that. Just something practical that really helped us, I think. Your mom told us this, and we did the same thing, and I really, I've told a few people this, I thought it was super helpful, was for you to get up in the middle of the night and get the baby for me to feed him, and then you would go to sleep while I fed him, and then I would wake you back up and say, okay, here he is, you can put him back in his crib or in his bassinet or whatever. And that was something, and that obviously that doesn't just apply to breastfeeding moms too. If you're bottle feeding, that could be, you know, you take turns or whatever. But I think 
the getting up in the middle of the night is obviously one of the harder parts that everybody talks about. And so to be in it together is really helpful. And I know some people would say, well, there's just no sense in us both being tired. So I'm going to sleep the whole night while she gets up with the baby. And I would argue that by saying there is sense in it when it means, you know, mental health for both of you. Because <laughs> I I just can only imagine. I mean, there will be a few nights here and there where you, like, literally cannot, I cannot wake you up. And so I have to get the baby and do it. And that makes me a little, like, oh, like, being by myself. And so I can't imagine if that was every single night if I felt alone in that, especially when you are breastfeeding because that's hard enough on its own. So I think the togetherness, you know, through it all, that's something that stood out to me from the very beginning was our teamwork. And, you know, even leaving the hospital, I was like, man, we're doing awesome at being a team. And not to say that we're always perfect at that. We definitely have our faults. But I think that's something that's just so huge and it can help to strengthen your marriage when it could easily be torn down. And I, I think it's good for both parents' sanity when you feel like you're going insane a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it uh, helps you sharpen one another. I mean, it, it just seemed like, especially early on when we were in survival mode, the, the moments where I was at my weakness, weakest, you would step in and, and be strong and give encouragement and kind of take charge and then when it was on the other hand, I'd be there for you. And yeah, I don't know how we would have got through it uh, apart from that. I don't and know how single parents do I was going to say, it gives me a deep appreciation for single parents. Yeah. But yeah, make it a team effort, start to finish. I mean, that's your best, best chance of survival along the way. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you guys were wondering if this conversation would be entirely about babies and being parents, uh, it, it is not. We are moving on from that category. On to the next. Steph asked... Oh, okay, wait, no. I lied. There's one say, more. Seen, definitely <laughs> one more question about babies, and then, they're, and then we're done. So I hope you are liking this, but if you're not, you can fast forward on to the next question because this is the last one about babies. Um, Steph asked, what's something you've learned or would have to have for baby number two? Which, Steph is assuming that we're going to have baby number two. I don't know why she's assuming such things. That is a bold assumption there. Uh, I would say a quality bassinet. And I say that because of this reason. There's many things, as you heard even in our last year-end review, that you can get secondhand and have every confidence as a parent that you don't need the best, newest, you know, the shiniest toys, all these things, those things aren't necessary. But I will say, as it pertains to a bassinet, you want to make sure you have a quality one. I think for us, we got that second hand, and while with some zip ties, I was able <laughs> to attain a level of confidence in it. Uh, it still wasn't the ultimate peace of mind that I was looking for. Obviously, I wouldn't have put him in it if I didn't. Uh, feel uh, quite confident in it, but it was, but yeah, it, it probably win one of those. Than, just yeah, just get the new one or get the you know. Yeah, that will be on our baby registry for the next baby. There won't be a lot, but that would be one thing. Something I've learned is how unnecessary a lot of toys are, especially for little babies. Uh, we've been given a lot of toys from everybody, which is super nice. But it's kind of funny because he's equally as entertained by paper bags and whatnot. I remember our first flight with him. 
we I brought all these toys. Like, I overpacked the toys because I was just like, okay, I have to keep him entertained on this flight so he's not annoying. And for the entire flight, he played with the paper bag that our food came in whenever we got food at the airport. And so I was like, okay, that, that was kind of unnecessary. So obviously, as he gets older, he'll appreciate those toys more. But there's definitely, there's already an overabundance of them, and he's only eight months. So I would encourage people not to feel like they need to add a bunch of toys to their registry, or if they're getting, like, parents' gifts, like, toys aren't really necessary until later, probably. So you could probably reduce the amount of toys you're getting. Yeah, I agree. It's been quite humorous, too, especially, like, Christmas time, where he gets these amazing toys from awesome family and friends and he's most interested in the box that they're in uh, more so than the actual toy itself and yeah i get that that changes at least a little bit or when we were in hawaii i kept packing in a baby bag like i brought all these toys again but i kept packing kitchen utensils whenever we would go out because only had a baster it was like a rubber brush for like i don't maybe i don't know what basting is we don't eat turkey <laughs> I thought basting was when you like squeeze things yeah, into the right. turkey. It's what you like the the brush in which you lather the lather turkey. the turkey with. <laughs> he loved the turkey latherer. That was his favorite toy. Maybe it is called a baster. <laughs> Who knows? If anybody wants to let us know, go for it. But that brush thing he was very entertained by. So that was like our go to toy over all the toys I had brought on the trip. So Kitchen utensils work, people, all right? That's right. They're easy to please. Okay, no more baby talk. Quit talking about your child, all right? Yeah, you helicopter parents. <laughs> okay, what was the favorite place that you visited in 2019? I just got back not long ago. <gasps> Do we have the same answer? Yeah. Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> go from baby talk to be like the make me want to throw up couple by finishing each other's senses no i loved hawaii um there's just something really special about it you know maybe uh with time i'll get some more island adventures but i don't know if i want to go to other islands after spending time in hawaii it's just i know everybody keeps telling us to go to the caribbean because it's so much closer and i'm like yeah but hawaii is so much better I mean, maybe I should go to the Caribbean before I decide that. But yeah, yeah, we maybe shouldn't just. Well, we be... went to Jamaica. Jamaica yeah, was awesome. Yeah, I I have a special place in my heart for the Jamaican people because they're awesome. Without a doubt, but yeah, Hawaii is just gorgeous, and it's been cool to kind of explore the different islands, like this go around. We went to the Big Island, and after having been to Kauai and and Maui, it just felt like it was this great blend of them both. And, and what's so the Big Island offer. called, Justin? I always forget. Kona? Or is Kona within? You don't know what the Big Island is called? I just keep saying the Big Island. Honolulu? Hawaii! Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, you should remember that. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, that was way off. But Honolulu is the capital. Yeah, on... There you go. Hawaii. Oh, wahoo. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And then don't even get me started with town names, street names. Uh, Or my cousin's (laughs) names. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I, uh, you're right, I spend time regularly in the Pacific Northwest with all the Native American Uh tribal names. Uh Puyallup, Snoqualmie, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I about said Snohomish, Snohomish. (laughs) 
Snoqualmie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. The list goes on and on, and then I go straight from there to Hawaii, and uh, yeah, I don't even have a chance. Well, you know, they only have 13 letters in the Hawaiian alphabet, so they're kind of limited, so that's why a lot of things sound the same. Or maybe it's 16. I don't know. It's a lot less than ours, well, though. Well, it doesn't make the, the words easier to pronounce, I can tell you that much, but Hawaii, without a doubt, favorite place we got to visit. Um, yeah, just awesome experience, good to... Uh, kind of wrap up 2019 with um, just a great opportunity to rest and relax. Yeah, I wish I didn't have a man cold throughout our entire time there, but it was still um, restful and relaxing and ready to take on 2020. Yeah, I say the same, Hawaii for sure. Um, Part of that too is because we didn't go a lot of places this year because we had a baby. Um, So we didn't do a ton of traveling, but Hawaii will always take the cake. It was awesome. I love it. It's it's nice to be in your own country too, so it's not like there's this huge learning curve. Now I love going to other countries too, but it's there's something comfortable obviously about being in your own territory, but yet you feel like you're in another country, like because it's so far and it's just so tropical. It's just an amazing place, and if you haven't been, you really need to go. Aloha and mahalo. I, I had those uh-huh. down by the end of and our trip. And Maka. Even that I've struggled to pronounce at yeah. times, but. All right. How did you do on the goals you made for 2019? So we listened to what our goals were. What were some of yours? So we got a chance to sit back and review some of those goals. And I think I threw out the number that we were about 85% spot on with them. A little margin for error there. Didn't, didn't meet all of them. But I'd say they definitely helped set the tone for our 2019 year and uh, we stuck with them for the most part. What would mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, I thought I did pretty good. I know one of my big ones was to rest more just because that's a really hard thing for me. And I think I made a stride in the right direction. I think that's going to be a theme throughout the rest of my life just to learn how to rest better. And it's really hard in this season that we're in. But I think I did a good job of not focusing so much on my to-do list. And that was really hard for me to get in the habit of, was not writing down things to do every single day because there are things I could do every single day. But instead, I am just trying to focus on, you know, I'll do what I need to do and my whole evening doesn't have to be getting stuff done, but I can just take the time to sit and play with the baby or sit and watch a show with you, which The Bachelor's starting on Monday, so we're pretty excited about that. But... Are we? Yes, don't lie. I know we are, but it's just we watched the wreck and couldn't look away for an entire season. I did coming alongside of you for the yeah. first time, and and now Peter Pilot, he's having his own train wreck, <coughs> and we gotta we gotta be there for him. The debauchery continues, huh? Yeah, we're excited about it, but yeah, so I'm just trying to be a little bit more chill and be okay with having some nights where I don't do anything productive, but I just hang out with my family or, you know, go for a walk or whatever, and that's okay. And it's something I have to keep reminding myself of, but I'm working on it, and I think I'll keep taking strides to get there. But yeah, overall, I think we did good about prioritizing our goals. I think we hit it really hard, like, at the start of the year, and that kind of set the tone, so then it became easier. But there were some where we were like, yeah, we didn't do that at all. So we're going to try again or take a new approach. We've modified our goals. Yeah, it's kind of like the New Year's resolution syndrome where maybe you start out the year strong with a certain mindset or mentality and um, that kind of tapers off with time. Maybe 
maybe June we should kind of reevaluate. Oh, where that's we're a at good idea. Uh, use this as an excuse to get some quality time together. But yeah. I felt like summarized what we did so well was um, intentional conversation. I feel like we've made big strides in that area uh, in prepping for baby and now being a team and having a baby. And we said we probably still watch a little bit more TV than we would have liked as we talk about being excited for The Bachelor. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to try to tone that down a little bit. And not on then, Monday nights. Not on Monday nights. Every week. other day of the week. <laughs> and then, you know, you talked about rest. I felt like that was still a big one, at least for me, was that we, we just didn't have that consistent bedtime. It was consistent, but it was consistently like after midnight, it seemed like a lot of the time. And so um, I have set a goal in the new year to um, be in bed before 11 p.m., which means I'm five minutes late for bed, so I got to go, everyone. This has been fun. Heartfelt hubby out. But yeah, that's an area where I think we can improve is just getting better rest. Like when baby sleeps, we need to sleep and recharge those batteries and be ready to take on the, the next day with just more focus and intentionality. Well, you're kind of jumping ahead because they asked what our 2020 goals were. Well, that's the next question. So one of yours is to go to bed earlier. Spoiler alert. Yes, it is. Bed before 11 p.m. Try to work out at least five days a week, which has uh, become more of a challenge than I thought it would be in parenting. But being sure to make that time, stay with it. And then, uh, yeah, I want to sure that I'm in the word daily and kind of setting the tone spiritually for how I want to go about my day um, in a way that honors God. So those are the main personal goals for sure. Yeah, mine are kind of similar. One of mine is to what yours was last year to wake up for your day. I want to do that. Like I want to go to bed earlier too and wake up before Baker because it's not fun being woken up by screaming. So I think I'd rather wake up before him and kind of take the time to, you know, get set for my day, do my reading, spend time with God, that kind of stuff that sets the tone, and then then get him up and everything. Um, so that's one of my goals is to do a little bit better, uh, just manage my time better in that sense. And I think with that also working out more consistently and cooking clean dinners more consistently, that's been something that's been really hard to balance with work and being a mom has been working out and cooking. And I think cooking is so important because, like, we eat, but it's so hard to eat clean if you're not cooking constantly and doing meal prep. So that's something I want to prioritize this year. I'm learning how to do the balance of being a mom, uh, being a working mom. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I can figure it out. I haven't quite gotten there. We'll see. You bet, yeah. We got quite a few goals for 2020, but I think they're attainable goals and ones we'll definitely have to push each other on, hold each other accountable, but I think will definitely lead to a lot less stress and strain and more of a team dynamic. Okay, what's the best thing you saw or read in 2019? Okay, so I am just going to come right out and say it, and I'm, I'm unashamed to do so. I'm going to interpret this question as literal in the best thing that I saw in 2019, and that is my baby boy being born. Oh my gosh. Um, That's right. There's uh, pictorial evidence for those of you who've been (laughs) blessed to see it. It's my all-time favorite picture, but there's the exact moment 
when he was handed to us and uh, you can even see the clock in the background and he's screaming and we're knowing Crying. okay it's a good thing <laughs> and um and you know he's healthy and we're seeing for the first time it's a boy and it's this absolute whirlwind of emotion and experience that i will absolutely never forget and um it's without a doubt the best thing i saw and i know that probably isn't the route that you were looking to take with that question no but that's the way it is play it as it lies okay i mean that's a good answer so what about red red What's your uh, i just red? wrapped up a book called way of the shepherd don't ask me the author right here in this moment but um, my latest leadership book i did hit the Here's four the leadership book mark uh, mm -hmm. 120 is your next goal <laughs> remember baby steps and i set a new goal of five leadership books in 2020 and uh, who knows I'm hoping to blow that out of the water but for a guy who um, struggled to be held accountable to even just digging in the word regularly um, and reading my Bible these are big steps for me and so uh, but the way of the shepherd was the last leadership book I read and uh, it's absolutely phenomenal uh, just really conversational it painted the picture of a professor and a student dialoguing about what it looks like to be a good leader and so many examples were of that of a shepherd and how a shepherd uh, tends his or her flock and um, that just really hit home and at an awesome time as I look to lead and shepherd um, my family and um, you know the ministry that God's put before me and so yeah read the way of the shepherd if you're looking to grow as a leader in any way shape or form all right well I was going to say the best thing that I saw was Bohemian Rhapsody, but I just double-checked and it came out in 2018, so I guess that doesn't count. When we did saw it, it in out? 2019, so... Did I? Yeah. Oh, no, release date January 11, 2019. <laughs> okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody would be the best thing I saw. I just thought that movie was so good. You just recently watched it, finally. Didn't you think it was good? You watched it on your phone, so it wasn't the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. But... I just thought, I mean, I'm not like a huge Queen fan, but I just really liked how they painted the whole picture, and especially of Freddie Mercury's life and the demons he battled, and I don't know, I just thought it was a very well done movie, and very, I really liked how they addressed the issues, and you know, just gave everybody a lot of compassion for the characters, and I also appreciated that it wasn't super visual like I feel like there are just so many things on TV and movies where it's like they have to show these really graphic scenes and I thought this movie did a really good job alluding to those things without having to show them did you feel that way mm -hmm. yeah so that was probably one of the best things that I saw though to wrap up the year I did see Mr. Rogers or whatever that's called a beautiful day or something like that with Tom Hanks and that was really cute so I like that too so in comparison everybody the birth of our child <laughs> And Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I'm kidding. I could not see the birth of my child like you could. Oh, well, your legs were numb, but you could still <laughs> visualize it. I couldn't right? see it. I just saw what happened after. Okay, I would say first seeing Baker for the first time, yes. Okay, that was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. But I took it as a movie or a show or something like that, and this was better. Oh, something else that we started watching is Downton Abbey. Your mom got us into that, and I we both are addicted to that. So that's a good thing. Good thing that we've been seeing in 2019. As far as Red, 
I I hardly read this year, but I did just start reading Little Women in preparation to go see the movie, and it's a very entertaining book. At first, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? And now I'm in, and I'm like, yes, I'm seeing this through to the end. I don't think I'm going to finish in time to see the movie in theaters, but that's okay. I'll probably finish in time for it to be on Netflix or something like that, so that will be perfect. Yeah, you got yourself a copy straight from the archives. Uh, did you tea stain the pages? They're, uh, it's a pretty old book. I got it from the used bookstore, so maybe. There you go. All right, next question. How about an unexpected challenge that came up in 2019? Not well, about being a parent. I was going to say, technically, that. <laughs> that was uh, probably the biggest unexpected challenge in that we weren't fully expecting to take on being parents in 2019, at least from a timing standpoint. In fact, your listeners need to know the story. My 30th birthday celebration, friends came out here. That was September of 2018. And um, they asked the question we were hanging out, what, what we were most, what I was most looking forward to in my 30th year. And I, without hesitation, said becoming a dad and Mackenzie laughed at that comment uh, thinking that uh, that wasn't the timing we had in mind. We were going to settle into a new place and new roles and just try to keep our heads above water but God had other plans and wanted us to throw in becoming new parents to that and so it certainly was probably the biggest unexpected challenge but for the sake of not Continuing with the parenting topic, I'll say from a leadership standpoint in 2019, some of the unexpected challenges, I mean, they were abundant. I'm, I'm still in a, a role that I feel like is very new to me. I'm, I'm looking to help grow this non-for-profit and its ministry impact in the low country as a whole, so the greater Charleston area. And the way I see it, there's 800,000 plus people that could play a role in that in some way, shape, or form. And so just trying to bring this all together and building a board and, um, you know, raising funds and, and trying to hire the right people to come alongside of us. There were, there have been and will inevitably continue to be learning curves with that. But yeah, it's been so cool to see those challenges sharpen me, hopefully make me a better professional, better husband, even father. You know, I've just seen them be learning experiences that have helped to shape who I am and hopefully a stronger me in 2020. Something that was unexpected, that was a challenge, I think I think it was unexpected because I remember being worried about making friends when we first moved here and I just know the last time we lived somewhere it was it took a long time, like it took years to build our solid community and so I kind of thought this year or this move would be the same where we wouldn't have like good friends for a long time but that actually wasn't the case it was like we got all these awesome friends early on which has been great but it's also been a challenge just time-wise to we have several different groups of friends and so after Baker came along it's hard to just spread time out with everybody, which is kind of funny. I mean, it's like a good problem to have, but there are definitely times where it's like, man, we haven't seen those people in months. Oh, we really want to get together with them. Okay, how about in two months, you know? And it's like our time has just become even more spread out, like we're even more spread thin, but we obviously value our friends and want to spend time with them. Um, so that's been something that's a little bit challenging, and two, because we're also balancing a lot of long-distance relationships with friends where we and family where we want to go see them and they want to come see us and so 
we have too many friends is the problem. Not to sound like totally conceited, but we're really thankful for all, for all of our friendships, but that's been something that's been a little bit tough to balance, obviously, with a baby. Next question is, is there a worry that you had that turned out to be unnecessary? We both certainly had fears about how we'd be as parents. We're not going to talk about that too much, but no. just to know that, you know, we just had everything that we needed. Like it was like that guidance, that provision that was just constantly there. And I don't know, for me, it was freeing to know that, okay, I don't need to have it all figured out. And yet God's going to give us exactly what we need. Um, if this is what he's called us to. I would say I kind of alluded to this already, but I thought that I would, I was too selfish to have a baby and I was worried about my time. Like I was thinking like, well, how am I going to get everything done that I want to get done and need to get done and also be a mom? And it turns out that that was kind of an unnecessary worry because I care a lot less about a lot of things that I cared about before, if that makes sense. And it's not the baby that stresses me out. It's not the time that the baby requires that stresses me out. It's... I mean, there are still other things that stress me out, but I'm not, like, looking at Baker being like, gosh, you just suck up all my time. Like, I have to spend all my time on you. And I think that's subconsciously how I thought it would be. So that was a silly fear to have. All right. Um, this is a random question, but what app on your phone do you use the most? Well, full disclosure, it's probably the Facebook app, uh, somewhat ashamedly. But... Uh, <laughs> you use that one the most? Most likely. I mean, it, wow. obviously, the like the Messenger app, is, if you count that as an app, is probably the main one. I could go back and look at my... You mean texting app? Usage, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the point to be made is that I, along with so many others, probably use Facebook far more than I should. It definitely has value, but yeah, also drains our lives away and keeps us from living the life that's right here in front of us. But I see listed here that an app that you hate, but you use anyway. And for that, I... Um, yeah, that's the next question. What's an app that you hate, but you use anyways? I would also answer Facebook. <laughs> you hate it, but you use it? I hate that it drains some of my life. Yeah. I would say um, the app that I use the most, I'm kind of basic like, I don't have a lot of ex exciting apps or anything. Like, I probably use GPS the most because I get lost so much. But maybe um, one cool one that I use a lot that I would recommend everyone is called the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo app. And it's for palm oil. And you can do barcode scans to check if products have palm oil or not. I definitely don't use that the most of all my apps. But, like, it's the most exciting one that I use probably. I will say I've yet to use that one, but I need to. <laughs> so that's a good one. As far as an app that I hate but use anyways, I was going to say Facebook too. Actually, I recently deleted it because I'm, I just don't even like having it on my phone, especially all the things they say about the Messenger app. Doesn't that worry you that they're like Russia's looking at you or something? No, it's been watching me for years <laughs> and he's concerned. I don't even have that app because it makes me so irritated, but at the same time... I do need to check Facebook every once in a while. Do you? Because last I checked, you didn't even have an actual legitimate I have a Facebook, Facebook page. Account. I have a Facebook oh, page, page that I manage. Page, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I check it. But yeah, I don't like the app, really. Yeah. So we're the samesies. That's true. Same, same. 
I'm taking the next question. All okay. Right. What is it? It's the heartfelt hubby's turn to steal the show. <laughs> What's one thing you wish you could unsee? I, as soon as I read this question, I was like, I know for a fact. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Somebody naked? <laughs> no. There are a few of those that I actually couldn't <laughs> see. But no. It's a movie. Oh, Bird Box. Yes, Bird Box. The movie that yeah. you forced me to watch. You basically did what the creepy people in that movie did, where they would peel their eyes back and force them to watch things. That's what you did to me to make Yikes. me watch that movie. Yikes, yeah. If there's any blemish on 2019, it's starting <laughs> the year off by watching that movie because it really affected uh, McKinsey's ability to rest for a while there. Yeah, it affected my sleep. It affected my ability to enjoy a river. It affected a lot of things in my life. And I still, I'll be, you know, laying down, taking a, a nice snooze, and something from that movie will still pop into my head to this day. And it's been over a year. I hate that movie. I understand that it's entertaining, and it is a well-done movie. It's very interesting, but it is much too graphic and scary for me, and I wish I had never watched it. Well, there you go, folks. If you haven't seen it, there is your... Parental disclaimer. Um, not for your children not to see it, but for you not to see it. Yes. For your general well-being. Uh, for me, I've told the story a time or two, but uh, sometimes I close my eyes and it comes right back to me. And that is watching a sad eighth grade boy uh, pee his pants um, <laughs> at a track meet in middle school. Um, I can remember this kid and Was his teammate. Uh, no, the listeners <laughs> should know that. Um, no, it was not me. It was a kid that I... Uh, I can remember early on in the meet, uh, literally overhearing this guy tell his buddy, I really need to go to the bathroom. And we're gearing up for the 100-meter dash. And um, and then all of a sudden, they, they held the race for whatever reason. They wouldn't let us start. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes later... Uh, as we're all standing there waiting, um, you hear, I told you I had to go. <laughs> and I looked over, and yeah, there's just the steady flow, and it has his little track shorts flapping in the wind <laughs> as um, as it flows right from him straight to the drain. And and yeah, it just would have been a horrifying experience for anyone. And, you know, his mom came and uh, hurried him off, and you know, I'm not sure uh, how he's doing to this day, if you're out there. Um, you know, it's you. Know that we're here for you. Um, I'm sorry that that happened to you. It should happen to no one. But, um, yeah, as much as you're traumatized, even I as a spectator <laughs> am traumatized to this day. I can't unsee it. Man, I really hope that kid is now a grown man listening to my podcast. That would be pretty special. Uh, one can only hope, because if so, he would be enlightened. <laughs> wow. Okay. What's the next question, Justin? Oh, sorry. I still got the reins here. If you could close one fast food chain due to disgusting food, which would you choose? Okay, so I have an answer that I feel like could make some people angry. But I'm going to go with Taco Bell. For one, because I've never eaten there. And I just imagine it's gross. For two, their commercials make me angry. They're just on all the time. And for three, it's gross. I mean, well, like I said, I've never been there, but I think it's gross. I have no interest in going there. I mean, it's not Mexican food. I don't know what it's doing. 
And then Pacific Northwest, we have Taco Time, which is way better. Fresh ingredients from the Pacific Northwest. And so I never felt the need to go to Taco Bell when I had Taco Time. And I just feel like there are so many people that are just that just think it's so great and I don't understand you and I yeah, would that's the fact you. you're, you're missing is that it is just so good now I will but you agree like Taco with Bell? You. Uh, yes even though We've I haven't never had been it to Taco I haven't had Bell. it in a very long time and and this is the point that uh, I can agree with you on is that uh, it, it does something to you uh, yes it goes in smooth and it is it's pleasant to the taste buds but um, I feel like the Surgeon General should put out some sort of warning about what it does to your insides because I really hear from no one and even from personal experience a pleasant experience about the digestive process of Taco Bell. So oh for gosh. that reason alone, I think that it should be shut that down. That sounds like food you. poisoning. Well, it's but it hurts so good, I think, <laughs> for so many people. Uh, my fast food restaurant I'd shut down and I say this as someone who in the past has frequented this restaurant, and that is Subway. Uh, Subway tells you that really? you're eating fresh, um, but you're not. You're really not. Everything's frozen. Half of it, I feel like, is made out of some sort of plastic substance. If you really break it down, um, it all looks like veggies and you know good stuff for you. And you can just pile it high, and I've, I've appreciated that. But I also think it's not actually good for you. And it's almost this kind of believing this lie that you're eating healthy. What about Jared? <laughs> Have you seen any news headlines on Jared recently? I don't think uh, all has turned out well for him. Yeah, he might have lost some weight, but there were some moral issues. And maybe we should have a moral issue with eating Subway in and oh, of itself. Wow. It should be shut down. Way to turn that around. But I heard that Subway has a Beyond Meat meatball sub. Would you go there for that? But keep in mind, so you're not only eating the Beyond Meatball sub, which, yeah. We like Beyond Meat. We, we like do. That brand. We do. It's good. We're still figuring out what it all is made out of exactly. But uh, we want to hope that it's good plant based materials. But it's the other things, it's the additives, it's throwing on those toppings that I think are. Um, you think definitely not fresh are and yeah. yeah oh definitely no doubt really yeah you've actually looked into it I've heard stories I need to <laughs> need to back this up so if you're listening out there uh, Subway don't come after me okay this is not me officially denouncing Subway to all publicly but if I got to answer this question with something I think that Subway should probably be uh, shut down as it is not actually fresh based on rumors that I've heard okay. We got asked what our favorite cruelty-free products are, and I have so many that I don't know how to answer. Mm, well, I'll start then while you think of yours. Okay. My favorite cruelty-free product is Uncle Harry's Natural Products Toothpaste. Now, I'll admit that I reluctantly started into Uncle Harry's Toothpaste because I was pretty set on my scope crest toothpaste that I'd had for years, uh, but McKinsey emphasized that this would be better for me, and um, I think what really got me is her saying that it not only was a natural product, but that uh, it really did a great job of whitening your teeth even Yeah, naturally. I thought it did. And I can confirm, I feel like it does a great job. It doesn't taste the best. It's consistency I'm still getting used to, 
Um, it tastes horrible at first. Okay, yeah. <laughs> at true. first, it tastes horrible. And I remember the first time I used it, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But then after you get used to it, I don't think it actually tastes bad. I think it's just that toothpaste is normally so sweet that you expect that. And this is not sweet at all. So. Yeah. And it gets the job done. It really does clean well. Yeah, it really does. I, I feel like my teeth have never felt so clean after using it. Yeah, how about for you? Okay, so I have a couple. So one, I want to say I got this makeup. So this is only for those that wear makeup. Uh, it is called, the brand is called My Shell Pharmaceuticals, and it is their Sun Shield Liquid Tint. And so I was looking for something that was a concealer or something I could put on my whole face, and or I guess it's a foundation. A foundation that also had SPF in it and had good ingredients and was cruelty free. So I had a lot of things I was looking for. And this is really the only thing I've found that has all that. I'd never heard of the brand before, but I got it on Amazon. And I think the thing I got was like $18, which seems expensive, but I can tell it's gonna last me a long time. And so it has SPF in it, so it protects you from the sun, which is really important to look for in your face makeup. Everybody should be wearing sunscreen every day. And it also has a tint to it, so it covers up your blemishes. And it comes in a glass bottle, so it's less wasteful. It just has everything I'm looking for, and I'm obsessed with it. I use it every day. And then one other thing I wanted to say for people that don't wear makeup is uh, BioClean products. They are some of my favorite, especially their carpet cleaner and stain remover. It is called the Back Out Stain and Odor Remover. So... It's spelled B-A-C-Out, and we'll put links to all this stuff. But I got it at the co-op one day because it said it was like a natural stain remover for laundry. And it seriously works amazing. I've never found a stain remover that works so well. And it has all natural ingredients. It's like live enzyme cultures that cleans. It's non-toxic. doesn't test on animals. They have a ton of great products, but this is by far my favorite. And after I got it, I also realized that it works as a carpet stain remover, so I can use it to get stains out of the carpet, and it works amazing. I've been meaning to post about it for a long time. I, I have a video that I'm going to share with everybody just to show how amazing it is. But yeah, I'm obsessed with this stuff. I use it all the time. I should start buying it in bulk because I use the heck out of it. Yeah, our dog is currently putting it to good use as well by having a couple accidents. Yeah, because he pees on everything. Yeah, he's missed us too much during our travels, and uh, he gave us a little reminder to not leave him again. Yeah, between Baker and the dog, I get to use this stuff a lot because there's a lot of pee and poop accidents. Just swimming in it around here. Uh, all right, what's the next question? Next question is um, a, a very serious one. Uh, if you could... Wedgie, I've never heard phrase like that. If you could wedgie one historical figure, who would it be and why? I love this question. I didn't know wedgie was a verb before. Yeah, I, I definitely would phrase that as if you could give one historical figure a wedgie, who would it be? You could very easily go the Hitler route, all right? <laughs> as just a cut and dry standard, and no one would fault you for it, without a doubt. But I wanted to take a different path, all right? Something a little more unique. I said that the person that I would like to wedgie is whoever first started putting the toilet paper on the wrong way and set that ridiculous precedent 
that that was actually all right to do that, okay? I've seen the original blueprint, the original patent on the toilet paper. It's always squares out, okay? But for whatever reason, that first person thought it was okay to flip the script and do it differently. And yeah, it's possible, okay? But it's horribly inconvenient for everyone who then has to deal with that. And so that person just needed a good wedgie from the get-go. And then every time they sat down on their, their porcelain throne, and thought about flipping the role because that's what people do you someone puts it on the right way and then some jerk just comes around and flips it just to be that person that person needs the wedgie well first you're wrong about the toilet paper direction see folks uh we go back and forth on this i think we have finally settled a little bit in marriage or maybe this is just one of these where she's choosing to pick her battles but uh she is an upside down toilet paper roller um and uh i don't know I, I mean i felt like she was raised fairly well but i i don't get this i don't get it at all so in your mind hitler and the toilet paper I'm upside not, down person are equal <laughs> no i'm not saying they're on the same wavelength i just knew that that was a no-brainer in hitler and so i just wanted to go a different route okay. who do you think who do you think you should wedgie Part of it is just how you say it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it phrased that way. Okay. In fact, where I grew up, if you said it that way, you were asking for a wedgie. Asking to be wedgie? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Because you wanted to wedgie someone, you would get wedgied. Okay. I thought about this too. There are obviously a lot of terrible people out there. I feel like a wedgie is, like, not so serious. Like, if you could, you know, like, murder somebody, maybe there would be some people you would throw in there. But a wedgie is someone who's, like, you suck, but, like, not as bad as Hitler. So I picked Strom Thurmond. Do you know who that is? I do, in fact. I learned about him recently with moving to South Carolina because there are some buildings named after him and some stuff like that. So I had to look up who it was, and he is a historical, political figure. I believe he's passed on now, but he held the longest filibuster to prevent passing the Civil Rights Act, and a filibuster, we looked this up too, is just where you basically talk and talk and talk to try to prevent something from happening. So he just rambled on to to try to prevent the Civil Rights Act from passing, and I just feel like that's a sucky thing to do. All the while, having known he he has children that are biracial because he had babies with his slaves, so or his maids or something like that. Yeah. So. Well, this makes sense because you know what I'm hearing from you is that you you don't want to kill the man. Yeah, I but, wouldn't murder but, him. But he deserves a good wedgie. <laughs> he probably deserves more than a wedgie, but a okay. good if I could wedgie him personally, I would. Okay. Yeah. So I'm with you. Now I do have to disagree on one thing and that it that is that some people do have bad intentions with the wedgie. Like an individual who isn't just in it to give you a little little tug, little reminder that uh I have to disagree with you on one thing, and that is that there are some people out there that do have bad intentions with the wedgie. And I'll even name drop my good friend DJ, 
All right. He tried to drop a wedgie on me one time with bad intentions, and that was to literally rip my underwear in half. <laughs> now, the problem that he ran into is this funny invention called spandex that kind of woven... You wear Spanx only. I don't wear Spanx. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good to clarify, but there was spandex in my briefs, and so he just could not rip them. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it turned into some clear aggression there but there can be bad intentions well i would have bad intentions if i was giving this historical figure a wedgie it wouldn't okay. be like a friendly like <laughs> wedgie it would be like you suck you deserve more than a wedgie but a wedgie isn't illegal so that's all i'm gonna do to you so i'm at least gonna rip these suckers in half <laughs> and cover your face with your underwear yeah okay <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question to answer. I'm glad we could share that with the listeners. Uh, we're Was on the home stretch here. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. Um, if you could write your own law that everyone had to follow, what would it be and why? Okay, I know this. I would outlaw single-use plastics, which actually some cities and states and countries are already doing. Not our country, but some states and cities here. So that would be like the plastic that gets wasted because you can only use it one time. So things like plastic soda bottles or plastic utensils or plastic straws or plastic coffee cups. Like I'm thinking of mostly food, which is usually where they come in handy or like plastic Q-tips, that kind of stuff that you only use it once and then it gets thrown away. Now there are uses for plastic and some single-use plastics that are very helpful, like in hospitals, for example. I wouldn't include them on this because we need that for infection prevention. But all the other single-use plastics that companies are producing that are solely for convenience, I would outlaw those because they don't ever biodegrade and we only use them one time. It takes years and years and years and years for them to break down, like possibly hundreds of years. And they just break down into smaller plastics that end up in the ocean. And so it's becoming a really big problem. It's been a big problem for a long time. And I just feel like it is time that we get rid of these because they're solely for convenience and companies need to step up and stop using these. But it would make it easier if our lawmakers would just say, these, we're done with these single-use plastics. Done. I agree. I'm with you. Now, for me, I would... Well, I, I really would like to rewrite the rules of the road entirely. But I will <laughs> say specifically, we got to key in on one law. It's laws as it pertains to, to passing people on, on the road. I, for me, it just seems so cut and dry. If you are on a two-lane interstate, right? Or excuse me, four lanes in total. So you have two lanes to work with on your side driving. If you're going the speed limit or you're going slower, you stay in that right lane. And if you need to pass, you only get in the left lane to do just that. You get the job done, you go back in the right lane. Now some roads, I will say to uh, you know the government's credit, do have signs that say use the left lane only to pass. But I just think the these rules need to be enforced more. Well, I think it needs to be taught in driver's ed. And it needs to be really emphasized in driver's ed. And, yeah, I was probably most frustrated in a situation like, you know, six-lane highway yeah, in Seattle what, where what there's no highway? reason why it shouldn't be, you know, slow, medium, fast. I mean, whatever you want to call it. But we're adults. 
right? We, I like to think, are intelligent human beings that um, can figure out what it looks like to most efficiently travel. And it's really hard for me to get behind people who don't know um, common sense as it pertains to being on the road. So that would be the law that I'd emphasize is just what it looks like to properly pass and in turn um, to drive when there's multiple lanes available for us. I think probably you will get more frustrated about that than most people because you grew up where there's mostly two lane. Yeah, admittedly, that's, that is harder for me. Um, traffic really wasn't a thing for me unless it was uh, harvest season growing up. Um, but still, I just want to believe in the human race that we can figure out how to most efficiently use these luxuries like multiple lanes and uh, just get from point A to point B in the most efficient way possible. All right. All right, final question I'm seeing here. Yeah, last question. All right, it is um, what one podcast stands out most to date in your mind? And I already know what you're going to say. Okay. That it's, you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, uh, you're going to lead with. It's very hard for you. And Yeah, uh, very, this is a, a sucky question. I agree, I agree. <laughs> and so that's why I'm going to take... The lead for us and do my best to just throw out one. Okay, so all bias aside in my answer to this, it's uh, last year's Year in Review. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a phenomenal episode. Not just because I was in it, okay, people, but I'm going to say, uh, yeah, maybe it is still a little bit selfish, but um, that was just uh, a fun time as tonight. Also been a fun time, but I think especially when it came on the heels of you know, we'd already done a little getaway and been able to try to be super intentional about planning out the year ahead and, you know, we're excited about becoming parents and uh, just kind of starting down that road together. And uh, yeah, it just made for a fun way to just kind of talk out some of the things that have already been ongoing dialogue for us and uh, get excited about what's to come. And so um, this year has been the same thing. We get to pray, plan, really mull over uh, what we want 2020 to look like, God willing, and uh, to be able to talk that out and have some fun along the way. I just really enjoyed. And also, too, selfishly as well, I think you're pretty awesome, and um, you've had some amazing guests, and so I just feel privileged to get to be one of those people that gets to uh, hang with the heartfelt hippie. So thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, so you're right that this is a hard question for me to answer. It's so hard to pick just one because there's been so many things that I've learned and I've just had so much fun with so many of my guests. Like, I've just gotten to interview so many amazing people. But I would say I have a couple answers. For one, my interview with Lindsay about foster care and adoption is still the most listened to episode. So it still has the most plays. So that says something right there. So that definitely sticks in my mind. I would say two others that really impacted me. Uh, one was talking about conflict diamonds with Carly. I just really enjoyed my time with her. And there's been several guests where this is the case, but it's so nice to meet a stranger online and just have such a good time with them. Like It's just something that's really cool, I think, and that is something maybe specific to our generation because generations before that generations before us couldn't do that um so that's been really cool Uh, i just have a lot of respect for what she does and the business that she's built and then let me just say though uh 
we as a family don't condone just meeting strangers online <laughs> and having fun with them. It's not always fun, but this was a great experience. I'm glad you had that. Thank you. Um, I, but I would also say about sex slavery, which I think you agree with that one. That was just, I, I got a lot of feedback on that episode. Just, it's such a heavy topic, and it's one of those things where people know it exists, but people don't like talking about it. But I think that Naomi just did an amazing job sharing about it, and um, not just why it's like sad for these people we don't know, but it can affect us, it can affect people in our lives like it's just such a relevant topic and we have effects on it too with talking about the porn industry and so well that's what hit me most is you know you mentioned people might know it exists but I don't think people really know just how much it hits home that this isn't just an international issue or something that's happening abroad this is happening on American soil all throughout this country and if we don't become more aware and become more educated and take steps towards stopping it's just going to continue at the rate that it already has been and that's skyrocketing unfortunately so um huge eye opener hopefully for all of us yeah for sure that one that was a very impactful episode but like i said it's so hard for me to pick because they all mean so much to me and the people that have given their time to let me interview them mean so much to me so it's hard to just pick one I love all of them. Well, let me just speak on behalf of everyone, uh, selfishly as a husband. We all love you, and we're all super thankful for you doing this. I don't know if everyone, I mean, I'm sure maybe you don't realize what goes on behind the scenes, but uh, this woman is dedicated to this because she believes in it and sees value in it. And um, so just to see... All the sacrifices that she's made in 2019, most specifically in being a parent, but also in just looking to continue this, even with a heavier plate and all this that she's balancing. Uh, it's not for her notoriety. It's not for her selfish gain or ambition. It, it is to try to make a difference and to point people to truth and to enlighten people in such a way that helps to change our world. And mm-hmm. so um, I just want to say thank you as your husband, mm-hmm. but also as a listener for going above and beyond to do this because it's amazing well that's really sweet of you and I appreciate you saying that and we've talked you know I definitely did take some time away just to be a mom and figure all that out and I said to you you know I took a step back I spent less time on the podcast and I miss it and now I want to spend more time on the podcast and so we're processing through what that looks like and so there could be some announcement of changements to come in the next few months. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we're still just trying to figure out how to balance it all. But I do love this. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And I've gotten to meet some amazing people along the way. And I have more amazing content to come, okay? So at the end of this month, there will be an episode where I'm talking with the first couple that I've ever interviewed, which is pretty fun, Carly and Brendan, who are people that I admire a lot. They are vegans, they're like all about ethical living, eco-friendly living. They're the sustainable duo, that's their that's their name. And that they are. They are probably the most sustainable people I know, and I really admire them, and they're, they're just super cool people, so that is an exciting episode that's coming up. Um, we have more interviews about 
ethical fashion. Um, I have some new interviews coming up about uh, grief and loss and just some interesting stuff that's coming up. And I'm just excited to get to interview more awesome people in 2020. Yeah, and be on the lookout for the not so likely instance of uh, the heartfelt hubby taking the reins and sharing the art of the wedgie and other exciting content. Uh, so, might be coming your way or might not be. <laughs> Who knows? Way to make people hanging. <laughs> Hanger for sure. Well, Justin, thank you for your time today. It has been a pleasure. Well, bye everybody. Have a great start to 2020. <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Like I said, make sure you stay tuned for the episodes coming up. And uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do that because then you won't have to worry about missing the episodes. They will come straight to your phone. And please, 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 if you could, leave a rating or a review while you're over there, too. Um, specifically, if you mentioned how awesome of a guest Justin was, that might make me more likely to bring him back in the future. So, please. <laughs> so consider doing that while you're over there. We love you and appreciate you listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, can I say it? What? Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Peace out. Bang, <laughs> <laughs>